Hello, I'm Michael Swaim, and welcome back to Tales from the Pit. On this episode, I have the immense pleasure of sitting down with comedian, YouTuber, and newest small bean superstar, Maggie Mae Fish. She's the host of our newest podcast on the Small Beans Network, My Top 8, which we hope you'll also check out. In the meantime, here's me and Maggie discussing the fuzzy line between grief and depression and the infinite different forms depression can take. But before that, we have a phone call to make. Hello, and welcome to Moody Phone. If you know the name of your mental malady, please enter the first three letters using a touchtone keypad now. You have selected Sundowner's Syndrome with acute schizoid tendencies, rated R. If this is correct, shriek wildly. If not, press 1. Ora continuar en español o prima numero 8. Okay, to help determine the name of your mental malady, please answer the following questions using a touchtone keypad now. Question 1. What is the present? If it is our gift to the future, press 1. If it is all we will ever have, the very flowing river of our fleeting lives, press 2. If it's a nice place to visit, but you'd much rather live in your fears and regrets, enter the sad face emoticon. Question 2. What time is it? If you responded island time, press 1. If you responded Miller time and or crystal meth time, press 2. If you responded, oh shit, why, am I late to something and now everyone hates me? Hit yourself in the face with your phone because it's what you deserve. Question 3. You have just achieved a long-term goal. How do you feel, hotshot? If you feel like a hotshot, press 1. If you feel like a hotshot whose actions control major events across the globe and who may in fact be the only person who actually really exists, press whatever button you think is best. If you are devastated by the hollow nature of every peak as it slips inevitably into imperfect memory, weep now. Question 4. Your best friend has recently had children and is unable to see you as often socially. Are you... In awe of the joyous procession of one human life to the next, press 1. Relieved that your friend has found it within themselves to love their ugly baby, press 2. Planning to wear a baby disguise and commit a series of crimes to turn your friend against their child and back toward your waiting embrace, press 3 and you will be transferred to our baby disguise order hotline. Moody phone baby disguises. Don't be a baby. Do look like one. Question 5. You come across a tortoise on its back in the middle of the desert. If you just realize that you're probably a robot, press 1 and a Blade Runner will be dispatched to your home. If you long to flip the tortoise right side up, press 2 and a lie-detecting Blade Runner will be dispatched to your home. If you long to flip the tortoise upright and smear it with feces, smear the phone with feces now. Question 6. A close friend approaches you in public. If you assume they are coming in for a hug, press 1. If you assume they are finally going to tell you that they hate you, press 2. If your phone is smeared with feces, clean phone now. Question 7. The friend approaches and says something rude to you. What is your first thought? If you responded, they must be having a bad day, press 1. If you responded, they must have burned any love we once shared from their hearts and now view me as the scum I am, press 2. If you responded, they're made out of spiders, press star. Question 8. You have engaged the services of a therapist. What role do they serve? A helpful guide on your journey to self-actualization? Press 1. A magical mind wizard who selfishly refuses to tell you how to live just to keep those checks coming. Press 2. A good source of bone meal and weather-resistant wall insulation. Press 9. 1. 1. Question 9. Tell me about your childhood. Rated R. Uh-huh. Sure. How did that make you feel? Uh-huh. 
Well, I'm afraid we're out of time, but you were right to come in and see me. Your problems are tremendous, and only I can help. A bill has been dispatched to your house via Blade Runner. Congratulations! Test completed. Our system is now determining what's fucked up with you. Bleep blip blop, calculating buffers, algorithms ding. You are an urban space person. Fully actualized, always present, never out of control of your emotions, completely woke, with no flaws except just enough to keep you from having an annoying lack of flaws. You're perfect. To be mailed a certificate indicating this amazing accomplishment, scan your debit card now. Or to purchase tickets to the 4.25 p.m. Showing of Spy Kids 3D, press 7. This phone system serves no other functions. Goodbye. like professional class at UCLA which okay. has been like really cool um but like great <laughs> um but it's also weird because like usually he's the one that like stays at home because he's like you know usually like works from home he's mm -hmm. a director uh, and he's just been gone so I'm like what do I <laughs> what gotcha. do I do oh uh, are you someone who likes to have someone around I get during not, the day not necessarily, but it's okay. just been it's been so long since like I've been the one at home. <laughs> so it's just the routine. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I've worked from yeah. home exclusively for like fifteen years. It's hard to imagine another life now. <laughs> oh yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the only real job I and it wasn't even that real, but <gasps> was at like the Apple store on campus in college. I mm. worked there. As mm. the Apple expert, because no one else knew shit about Macintosh stuff. That's that, really funny. I'm um, old enough that when I was in college, mm -hmm. Apple was like a niche, and everyone was like, it'll fail soon. What? Like pre-iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I remember the first- There was like a yeah. tiny section that was like, do you have a Macintosh? You can talk to this loser. Whoa, <laughs> this loser over <laughs> yeah. here knows all about it. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. My first class uh, of college, mm -hmm. you know, we were all like in rows or whatever. We all had our laptops and our professor walked in and his first line was, well, I guess Apple won because everyone had like not a single person. Had oh, a Mac. Yeah. yeah. From the vantage point of the professor, you yeah, just you like see, see all the logos glowing. Yeah. yeah. What was that noise? Oh, Is that you? This. Yeah. No, no worries. I just like knowing where noises are coming oh, from. Yeah, <laughs> we just got a brand me. new toy here that's supposed Whoa. to fix everything but i was like if that noise came from this thing i need to know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah this is our first recording on the claret it should sound much nicer than our previous sessions have you named it yet well it's called a claret pre-8 usb preamp so claire claire yeah i mean it's take it or leave it it's blood know. red which i think is why it's called a claret ah. but they misspelled claret if that's what they meant huh hmm <laughs> Because it has two T's. I assume it's the name of whoever. Anyway, thank you so much oh for God, coming to Tales from the Pit. <laughs> People never know that I'm recording and it's just, I find it easier to just <laughs> be in it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the elevator down the pit was descending as right. you were talking about baking cookies. And, and here you didn't we are. Know it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every single day, baking cookies <laughs> does seem like it's a downward trend into some sort of pit. <laughs> Actually, I think that's the only part I didn't record. I love that I referenced the only thing the audience would be like, no one mentioned that. <laughs> well, for reference, um, I bake cookies every night, and that's too much. <laughs> and that's. How you prevent depression, right? <laughs> prevent yeah, depression. Yeah. You're shoving cookies into your mouth. No, but I'm here with Maggie Mayfish. Thank you so much for coming, Maggie. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, ben. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're talking about sad stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, today specifically talking about trying to parse that fuzzy line between, uh, and I know there's overlap, I feel like, yeah. a grief event mm -hmm. and depression. Yeah. So I'd like to start just by 
getting the audience to know if it's all right with you like oh, what's yeah. your relationship to depression what's your history with depression yeah um i feel like mine is it's almost it's funny in a way so i when i was in high school um i thought i had mono because okay. i was so tired all the time like i had no appetite i would just go to school and then basketball practice and then like just go to bed. Kiss everyone. Yeah, kiss yes, yeah. Well, also no one was kissing me, so oh, I don't okay. know how I thought of motto. <laughs> kiss the toilet seat. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But I was like, oh, this feels Jack in the Box taco. Jack in the Box taco giving me mono, uh, but definitely not from a kiss. No one. Okay. Ate me. All right. Now they know that. Now they know. Um. So yeah, I thought I was sick or had the flu or something because I just like I didn't understand why I was so tired. Uh, so my mom took me to the doctor um, and I was just describing my symptoms. And he was like, OK, uh, we're going to do like a blood test. They did a blood test, came back normal. He was like, uh, OK, I'm going to have you take this like quiz. Um, it's basically just like, you know, it's a, just a depression quiz like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people your age, like y'all, this is a lot of the times when they first realize like depression symptoms. And I was like, yeah, right. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm not depressed. Like I, why, uh, why the, I don't know if you can answer (laughs) that, but why was that your reaction? Because you associated being depressed with what? weakness it's just alien like there's how could it be me why do you think that was your reaction I think one alien uh just because I didn't know what to reference I guess I was like the media depictions of depression I was like I don't have that sure um but mostly because those are like inaccurate depictions of yeah when you're a kid you go by tv and you're like i don't like i'm not flipping out with am selective amnesia and stuff right yeah yeah and like that's not it and i and i also think i was assuming depression was like just sadness but i was a little more angry than Mm. sad like i would snap yeah yeah irritability yep irritability i would like snap at my mom uh and about what age was this? Uh, 17. Okay. Yeah. Because thanks to, I engineer all the rough stuff sessions and mm-hmm. I'm getting a real insight into what adolescence is like for like girls. Oh yeah. <laughs> and snapping at your mom at 17 seems yeah. to be par for the course. Like that's not that weird. Right. And that, so I think also because of that, I again didn't think it was depression because like it felt normal. All my other friends like, were snapping at their mom. Doc, it's not depression. My yeah. mom's just a total my bitch. My mom's like, she's a total bitch, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, it's not me. It's them, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And that was also my mindset was like, it's not me. Like I felt confident in myself. I really mm. liked myself and that I didn't associate with depression. So you felt physically tired. Yeah, it was mostly physical. Mostly physical? Mm -hmm. Did you feel that sort of amotivation also where you just don't want to do shit? Yeah, I didn't want to do anything. Okay. Um, But yeah, I think people overlook a lot, especially people who haven't contended with it. There's Mm -hmm. a real physical fatigue to it. It's so weird. It was from a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it was just like a big wall of uh, like supreme exhaustion all the time. Yeah. Um, and I, that was the only thing I could pinpoint that didn't seem normal. Like, yeah, like the anger, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, you know, when I'm a teenager, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. the world sucks, so yeah, the world shouldn't sucks. I be angry? Yeah. It, oh, like pretty much exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I just overlooked all those signs because they didn't fit with what I assumed depression was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Preconceived um, notions. Yeah, yeah. Preconceived notions. And also I think I... I thought depression was mostly like I hate myself and I I didn't. So okay. it can be. Yeah, it, it <laughs> yeah. definitely can be. I so when I got the test results back, I mm-hmm. scored like extremely depressed in oh. all categories except um self-confidence. <laughs> that's yeah. I, I in my experience that's uh-huh. unique. I'm wondering, so was that, first of all, did the test involve the smiley faces that you circled? I think so. Okay. It's smiley faces are numbers, if yeah. I remember correctly. Well, like it's like rating. one to ten, uh-huh. and the one is like a face that's like crying yeah. hysterically or dead or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And the ten is a smiley face. Right. And you say where you are, yeah. But, <laughs> 
gosh, I just want to understand how you can have self-confidence while you're depressed. What does that mean? You know why? It's so weird because I think I still have that. Okay. Like still to, to this day, my depression never really affects how I see myself. Okay. Because um, self-loathing is a cornerstone. I know. I okay. know. It's so weird. Uh, and t- I recently talked to my therapist about this mm-hmm. and she uh, th- stated the theory that when I was younger, I was like bullied pretty heavily. Um, but my mom would always like pump me full of self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but you're great. You know, you're so creative and you're sensitive and like you're this and that. Yeah. So I think I just like internalized that feeling. Um, but I mean, obviously there's give and take. Like I still always think everything's my fault. <laughs> okay. I think that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good parenting is key though. Yeah. So I think my depression kind of like like wrapped itself around me, but just kind of like skipped the like self-loathing. <laughs> well, that's what I'm wondering. So do you fixate on any particular thoughts or concepts when you're depressed or tend to, or is it really just physical for you? Um, Man, I want, it is, it's most, I can always recognize the physicality. Mm-hmm. I can always rec- like whenever I, you know, wean myself off of medication mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the first thing I'll notice when I'm like, oh man, I should go back on is that I'll just be wanting to sleep yeah, um, all the time. And is it still to this day, angriness more than sadness? Yes. 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 Okay. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> total exhaustion, irritability, total exhaustion, irritability. And I think the things, yeah, I do have like, um, circular thoughts, but they're mostly about like the world and like. So that's what I was wondering. If you're not yeah. fixating on yourself, it must be something external. So it's like yeah. that life sucks, right? Right. Or the world is bad. Life, the world, like. The some systems are the not systems built well. The systems are not built well. <laughs> Everything's fucked. Everything's yeah. fucked. Why can't we just listen to each other? It's um, 50% true, which is why it's hard when you're depressed. Yeah. To like, yeah. Uh, hold on one second. Sure. Bringing me. No worries. Maggie. Yes, hi. As a hardworking person, is taking a phone call in the middle of the podcast recording. Oh, hi. How's it going? She answered, hi, this is Maggie from Name of Company. I'll ask her for details when she returns. Okay, I know you have some measure of self-loathing because of that face you were making while you are on the phone. Oh, yeah. To excuse being on the phone, which I don't care about. It's fine. But just for the record, listeners, Maggie did a, a face that is yeah. obviously routine or like practiced. Yeah. That's like, sorry, I'm on the sorry, phone. Sorry, I'm yeah. on the phone. Let me apologize for existing <laughs> yeah. over again. Um. Does that work? Hmm? Well, you oh, seem yes. like you answered with a company name. Yeah. Like uh, Anything I do. you should plug? Oh my god! I mean, if you want a spray tan to come to you, oh. spray tan you in your apartment. Okay, it's a, it's a pretty cool business model. It's this like cool like hip lady who started like a startup. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Are forgive me, this is too forward. You I don't, don't seem spray tanned. Are oh. you a client? No, no. <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, no, no. So advocating, but haven't used yeah. yourself. I right. am a uh, alabaster. Is the uh, correct? <laughs> that term. could be a spray. That would be interesting if yeah. yeah, they could tone you up. I don't know. So what I wanted to ask yes. was, um, since it's the topic of the day, basically, mm-hmm. was the like now looking back, do you tie mm-hmm. your first bout of depression to any specific triggering event? Or you also mentioned coming down from medications, triggering depression. I sort of want to talk yeah. about triggers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I when I was in high school, I didn't recognize anything as a trigger. I was just like, well, um, and also my mom had like dealt with depression a little bit. So I was okay. like, well, it's probably just like genes and hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um and then when I got older, the first time I went to therapy, my therapist pointed out that uh, I had gotten into college early that year. Um, like, er, like I did like a year early, or like the birthday thing where it's it's uh, you're on the early end. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I just I did a early application. Okay. Yeah. Um, I forget what they call that. It's like when you really know what school you want to go to. 
But were you like, like Doogie Howser esque? Like, were you younger than everyone around you? Uh, no. Okay, no. all right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just by trying to build your legend. I know. <laughs> I know. Let me put myself like, back yeah, down. I was nine <laughs> as a freshman. Yeah. Um, I was a brain surgeon. Uh, but I, I was like nine months before anyone else. Okay. Um, and I had gotten into the college that I had wanted to go to for like all four years of high school. Oh, interesting. Um, you had that goal. Yeah, I had so that clear. goal. And my therapist pointed out once you met it, like that's when your depression started. And I was like, you're right. Mm. When I had nothing to work for, like all of your young like education is all building towards like, you gotta get to college. You gotta get to college. <laughs> my God. Um, yeah. And then like after achieving that, I just, yeah, just depression was just like now's the time to strike when you have no goals you have nothing to work towards man doesn't it suck that you can't because now looking back do you agree that you should have been present in like the experience of college is very rewarding and enjoyable i should have been right right if you can be present right and like at like it's like now you're here enjoy it Right. Like learn shit and learn make shit. friends and stuff. Or yeah. like fuck around in high school <laughs> because it doesn't matter anymore. Like have That's fun. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was such like a retroactive because it wasn't until years later someone mm-hmm. pointed that out. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. And then I realized any time that I really like felt my depression kind of like welling up was when a huge project was over or okay. like I accomplished something. summer vacation syndrome kind of yeah yeah. Uh, yeah um and then I for a while I was so mad because I was like oh great so every time I'm happy uh I'm just gonna immediately like <laughs> sure be great. sad right um yeah so working on being in the present has been uh always uh, I think for all of us yeah, yeah. there is a uh a documentary about a guy who who has a brain injury such that mm-hmm. when he gets happy uh he becomes he paralyzed out? from oh. the neck down oh no yeah so like he lives in a house next door to his family's house because oh. like the sight of his wife's face or his kids <laughs> paralyzes him oh he and when he sees him he tries not to be too jazzed about it oh, it's such a weird God. existence yeah that's like fairy tale-esque yeah, and it's like yeah. sadness in a way. <laughs> um, so okay, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the picture here. Yeah, it is. It's a weird variety of depression. I feel like because I don't know. Well, it sounds like you're very goal oriented. Yeah, very goal oriented. Um, Could you not, or have you? Mm-hmm. When one ends, I tend to just pick a new one that's beyond that, right? Yeah. So does that not help? get you out of it to like pick a new goal i it does i think it does um i also just think like not being aware that that was the problem just sure just, how can you address it right you, yeah that's yeah. why therapy is so useful i think so right? useful it's, we'll plug therapy a we'll lot. plug therapy. <laughs> yeah. it's just nice for someone to hold a mirror and be like look at this pattern that you keep doing over and over again mm-hmm. that you are just like oblivious about and depression has a fogging effect where it's yeah when you're depressed you're not you don't not at the best in the best state to introspect right and then when you're not depressed usually my experience has been you're just happy to not be depressed so like yeah it Mm -hmm. often takes someone else to recognize the pattern for sure right yeah um so you mentioned in the preparatory email like Mm -hmm. wanting to talk about grief events yeah uh are, were you referencing just finishing projects? Because I don't <laughs> think most people would be like, yeah, getting into yeah. college. That must have been rough, Maggie. <laughs> we're really sorry. <laughs> that, oh, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think, yeah, I think one of the biggest, like, first, like, big grief moments that had an impact, like, on my depression mm-hmm. uh, was um, I had a former, like, best friend, like, inseparable um, we, I moved out here basically because she was also out here. She graduated a year okay. before me. We were friends in college. Um, and then at, like after a year of like trying to do like comedy together, uh, she, like out of the blue, like sent me a message that she like wasn't going to be my friend anymore. 
She Whoa, the oh, friend um Yes. Oh yes, no. It was <laughs> the worst. Uh she also blamed she said that uh I was blaming like the only reason I brought up my depression was to make her feel bad. <laughs> okay. Which is like we have been friends for six years. Like we yeah. both are on medication. We talk about this all the time. Okay. So she grappled with depression too. That's yeah. even weirder to not. It's, it have, was so weird. Or maybe she was depressed at the time. Maybe she was pushing depressed. people away, you know? Who I, knows? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Another therapist was like, she sounds like she has like borderline personality disorder, which is like very extreme. But also I found out I'm not the only one she's ever done this to. Mm-hmm. So, uh that's a really <sighs> tricky and popular diagnosis i know these days. i that's know very i do think i've met some people or like i think it exists i believe in it but like what is it really i don't know but yeah. when my guy friends like yeah i don't is she a borderline dude i'm like i don't you know <laughs> i think she didn't like it well it's like when people go like oh i have ocd and they're like yeah like, have you seen the scrubs you? of michael j fox <laughs> <laughs> he washed his hands till they were bloody yeah. and raw I cried. <laughs> you just like are neat. <laughs> That's right. different. Yeah. yeah. Or you like to be on time. Yeah. Or you get irritable. You're not yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, it's unanswerable. It could have been a sure. number of things. It could have been whatever. May um, she be in therapy answering those questions yeah, now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. So how was that for you though? Back to you. Oh, it was yeah. bad. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I also, another thing that I learned through therapy was like how much importance I place on like friendships and mm-hmm. like, so that like leaving my life, it felt like, uh, like losing your like husband, your significant right. other. Like, are you someone who tends to have uh, a lot of friends or like few really intense friendships? Uh, few like circles. I have a few that are very intense and then like. An out like an outer rim of like yeah, clothes, sure, and yeah. then like a bigger rim of like yeah, well we're hanging yeah. out, we're friends, Me. <laughs> yeah. right, right, <laughs> happy yeah. in the outer orbit, could go up or down, it's right. fine, yeah. yeah, no, but I think that's not yeah the different bucket things, but mm-hmm. like so at any given time, I like to ask this question: How many mm-hmm. like best friends would you have? Is that a one and only one thing at a time? That's a good question. I think. A younger me, especially the me mm-hmm. back then when like this happened, it was like one best friend. So that must have been hard. <laughs> and you were uh, in therapy at the time? It sounded uh, like. That uh, prompted me to go to a therapist for the first time. Gotcha. Okay. Because the depression was so bad. I actually remember. So like that email was sent like maybe like on a Friday. And that weekend I like kind of went on like a self bender. I just, I bought a bunch of these like fruity alcoholic drinks, drank them all in my like apartment. (laughs) Any fuzzy navels in the mix? Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. It's the first thing I ever drank. We were on a camping trip and I was seven years old and I drank a couple out of the cooler because they don't even taste like alcohol. I had no idea. They taste like juice. Right. And my parents caught me and I was like stumbling (laughs) around. Yeah, Fuzzy navels. Very fruity, very good. They taste like fruit punch. I was trying to yo-yo and couldn't figure out how to yo-yo, and I was like really drunk and upset. Seven-year-old trying to yo-yo in the desert. I won't go. Oh my god! Yeah, I just I feel like I want like a piece of artwork of you just trying to do a yo-yo with like the settings on. It would have to be painted on velvet, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Assumed. Of course. So. Yes, the bender. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, but then better than that, therapy. Because as a recovering alcoholic, I have to say the bender doesn't yes, really help bender that much. Yes, bender fixed nothing. Good, and, Good uh, to say. We got to say that. Fixed nothing. Didn't make me feel better. Um, and also, I, like, I'm such, like, a straight edge that, like, it was probably, like, four drinks total. Sure. <laughs> but for me, that was a bender. That was, like, I need to get, like, oh, yeah, fucked yeah, up. Yeah. I didn't so. drink till I was 22. I just. Oh, yeah. Really uh, took off. After that, just, but really <laughs> just really off. took to it. But like uh-huh. for that reason, I was like nervous that that's something that bad kids do. Oh, yeah, yeah. yes. Like I didn't drink all through college. I waited until I was like, I'm an adult adult now. <laughs> and I even waited one extra year. <gasps> that's how responsible I am. Yeah. I'm going to Watch heaven. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
basically the same premise. Uh, it's, it so, is like even yeah. though I was raised secular, still like I'll be rewarded somehow. Yeah. <laughs> but I did the right thing. Yeah, because I we watch mm-hmm. almost ninety percent of the movies we watch. Even though they're not religious, mm-hmm. take for granted that good acts get rewarded and bad acts get punished. There that is such go. fucking bullshit. This is a bullshit. different topic, but that's one I thoroughly agree. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, then I, yeah. woke up Monday and was like, I can't, I can't do that. I should sign up for therapy. Was it through the school, like the school counselor? Or um, so this was quote unquote real therapy. <laughs> real therapy. No offense to uh, any school therapists out there. No, 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 they're all not real. No, <laughs> so kidding. No, I've uh, had many uh, therapists who charged a lot who were bad. So, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, this time I, I actually went to, uh, a doctor again first. Uh, sure. I called my mom and was like, Oh, like this happened. And like, this is crazy. And like, I, did like, you admit to the drinking immediately? No. Okay. Good. I don't even think she <laughs> knew that. I was just like sobbing was like, I couldn't, I can't believe this happened. Like, I don't feel good. Like, can you make me a doctor's appointment? Uh, and like my mom is fantastic and like made a doctor's appointment for me for this, like. Very kind, nice lady, doctor. But like a medical doctor. Yeah, yeah, just like for a Saying checkup. Like, my daughter wants an appointment because she's sad. Kind, I'm just kinda, wondering why yes. you didn't jump right to therapist. Well, I mean, <laughs> very good question. I So at that point, I had, uh, when I was 16, mm-hmm. had been on anti-depression mm-hmm. uh, meds. And I think my first thought was like, First and foremost, I feel like I need to get back on them. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. So you're in the position, which I understand because I've been at where you can right. go to the MD and say, I've been on this before. It works. The symptoms are recurring. Can you just give me this, please? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So kind of did that thing. I think my mom told them she wants a checkup uh, and also wanted to ask you something. I think is <laughs> what she uh, and oh, I just am now remembering this. I got into the doctor's room. I was sitting on the... Um, the like medical thing or whatever. The paper sheet, the, the crinkle, paper. crinkle table. Crinkle table. <laughs> uh, the doctor walks in. She asks me my name, and I just immediately start bursting. I burst into tears. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was just like, I was saw so, like, like the the <laughs> that kind of. That's good, man. I think <laughs> most people with depression have trouble revealing it yeah or they're much better especially at, like, to the like a professional who can help oh, you yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i think i was just so in such a bad place i couldn't it was just well it's you're experiencing acute grief as well which is sort of what we're talking about yeah sure so yeah yeah um yeah so she was so nice she mm-hmm. like Hugged me and was like, "Oh, baby!" And then I like told her that like I really came here because I'm feeling really down and like I guess I'm depression and I feel like I need to be on meds again. And she was like, "He's like, oh my god!" She like she like melted and yeah. was like, "Absolutely, like we need to, you know, fix you or not fix you." She didn't. <laughs> she probably she didn't phrase it. That probably way. didn't phrase it that way. <laughs> Um, but she was very understanding. And oh, honey, like, you're broken, oh, dear. Honey, We're going to fix you right up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was her who was like, uh, I'm going to like, uh, yes, I'm going to give you a medication. But I also suggest that you go to a therapist um, mm. if you want. I can suggest somebody. Uh, and at the time I was like, I think I should because it is that it was that acute grief that felt different somehow. Um, it definitely like triggered a depression episode and all like my symptoms came back with like full force. But it but th- at this time it wasn't generalized. Oh, I'm sad. It was like this thing happened and now yeah. I can't pull my like life together. So I'm going to ask. I know it's a really hard question. I'll do um, my best. <laughs> You you differentiate or you say like there was the grief and then later there was a depression. Mm-hmm. So something inside you can tell that they feel qualitatively different in some way. Yes. Is it just that one is generalized and one is focused, but otherwise they're the same symptoms? Like, let's dig into what's the difference between those two feelings. I think that's a great question. Uh, I it One, I do think it feels a little bit different 
And I do think being able to pinpoint to specific things helps me be like, okay, like that's grief. That's just like a Mm. life event that was sad and it's making you feel sad. And because of your depression, it can trigger other things like it like if that's the trunk of a tree then it starts to bing 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 bing. like also you're bad at what you love to do like (laughs) also people probably hate you (laughs) for some nebulous reason it'll just yeah probably yeah yeah yeah. no problem (laughs) oh i'm sure i'm sure i know hey if you're listening to this people probably (laughs) hate you just deal with it that's why we're here for you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, so a lot of times when it is that grief, I can pinpoint to that tree trunk and be like, oh, that's what started to make me feel terrible in all the other parts of my life was that, like that event. So When you're in the depression phase, do you mm-hmm. find yourself crying more or less or the same as the grief phase? Ooh, less i think yeah okay i think that might be true for most people yeah uh and also i feel like with depression it kind of just feels like okay i know how to handle this oh it feels like depression i kind of know what to do like a she's muscle memory. doing a uh, yeah. bicep, curl, bicep curl so but i would just want to bring that up because i appreciate that metaphor right like if you've had a lot of experience with depression yeah which is stupid because as soon as you know you're depressed <laughs> which is hard to know sometimes you should yeah. go get help and break it immediately right but yeah. i understand what you're saying where you're like a low to medium level depression. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I've done this. It's like lifting a weight. Right. I'll I've just done keep this. going forward with yeah. the weight on my back. Yeah. On my ripped bicep, whatever. Right. Yeah. Or like, you know, I can just be more aware of like talking kind to myself and I can kind of curb like negative impacts. Um, yeah. But like if it's, you know, like one of these grief events, it's just like, pew, like knocks the weight just completely out of your hands and you're like, uh, but what? in a way you can give in to the grief more readily. Like when yeah. I'm depressed, I still mm-hmm. try to keep my routine and my life together. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really weird to say, but the pit is where you say some weird things. Yeah. But like when a loved one has died, mm-hmm. at least you absolutely know why you're upset. Right, <laughs> you're right. like, oh, someone I love died. Yes. Like I can at least pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean xyz although it can trigger right depressed feelings right 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 Mm -hmm. but i also feel like and it is it's true that you get uh these things called stress molecules out when you cry Mm -hmm. that actually are taking chemicals out of your system that relax you like crying is cathartic and i feel like in the times where well when a loved one has died in my experience i've had the shock phase but then mm-hmm. it's really easy to cry yeah, for like a week or two right? Uh, at least. And the crying is very helpful in getting through the grief so process. So helpful. And then depression will drag on for five <laughs> months and yeah. you can't cry. And if you cried, it would ge- make it over faster. But, but you can't because you're like it's numb. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're so used to handling that that you're like, well, I don't need to go cry about my depression because it's you know whatever kind of at this point yeah just like part of well and when it has the most hold over me i always end up thinking i'm not depressed i'm being smarter and more realistic than i usually am Mm. like my that's Mm -hmm. what keeps me from self-care is i'll think am i depressed or is everyone just a fucking idiot yeah yeah the world sucks and i see that clearly right and other people who people say are quote depressed Mm -hmm. are just realists like me i sometimes like the world is that bad and life sucks i do sometimes (laughs) think that exact same thought (laughs) and uh, you know i don't even know what the truth is but i I know know that your life is better if you treat that as if you're depressed and and find a way out of it Mm -hmm. because let's put it this way Let's say we are in a hell dimension. Like, let's say right. God this is, is the evil, worst version. Or like it's going to like things are not going well. Mm-hmm. You will do more good as a like an engaged, energized, right. like optimistic person, then whether you're right that. or wrong. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to mm-hmm. die without knowing. Right. So, so you might as well, well not. That's so funny. That's well like, be happy. <laughs> that's an exact thought pattern that I have is like, am I awful or is the world awful? I think it's a world jk that's a terrible mindset to have (laughs) yeah yeah. jk that's awful (laughs) what are what was your experience like so college happened Mm -hmm. you went to therapy have you been like regular therapy goer since then or is it intermittent um so the first therapist i had she was 
uh, okay, not not great, in that we just didn't really click very well. Uh, she was a little too, like, oh, I'm so sorry for, for my taste. Oh, you liked that from the doctor, but not yeah. the therapist. No, no, okay. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the doctor hugging me. <laughs> Um, or like I would try to like joke about things and she'd be like, oh, and I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. That was, that was a joke or, you know, almost, I don't want to say reading too much into it, but she was also the, there's a specific type of therapist that, uh, really focuses on like your childhood. Totally. Right. And like, for the most part, I had a pretty normal, like fairly great childhood, Mm. uh, so I kind of felt like a lot of the times it was just like me telling her about my grandparents when I was like, I want to be talking about me <laughs> or the present moment. At least right. there's yeah, I've had therapists who focus exclusively on childhood. I have the therapist who mm-hmm. only says, how did that make you feel or only oh, wants no. you to talk the whole time? I kind of like that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. my okay. current therapist is the best therapist I've ever had, Ooh. and she absolutely refuses to give me any life advice. But uh, she does uh-huh. speak a lot mm-hmm. to, as you said, reflect back patterns or make observations. Mm-hmm. But then I'll go like, so what should I do between the two things? And she'll mm-hmm. go like, I don't do that. <laughs> Ooh. I like that. Uh, I do like that. Yeah. yeah. I have I have never had the therapist who will just tell me what to do. Have you had that? I uh, I crave it. <laughs> oh my I think we all crave that in a way. Hence why Jordan Peterson is so uh popular. Sure. <laughs> tell me what to do, daddy. But then if I got it, I'd probably be like, I resent the choices you made for me eventually. Right. right. Yeah. But, but I want it, never having had it. Yeah. <laughs> I out here I've had two fantastic therapists. Um the first one, she was great and she dabbled in like the life advice, but more so, yeah, she like pointed out patterns. She like validated my like reality in a mm. way. Um, That's yeah. so important. Yeah. And was that, is that your favorite therapy style? I, th- I think what I want to get out to the people is. Uh, people give up on therapy fast and it's just like finding a doctor or even mm-hmm. a mechanic. Yeah. Like you have to find a good fit. You got to find a good fit. And yeah. then it really is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Right. I mean, comparing it to my first experience in therapy where I was just like, what am I doing? I think after a month I like kind of kept making excuses of not going. Cause I was like, I like, I feel better on my medication. Mm-hmm. This, I don't really see it helping all that much. Um, and then like the second time that I tried it out here, it was like life changing. <laughs> Great. And <laughs> what, like, what made it such a refreshing thing? Like what's their technique? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, she high doses of LSD and a guided trip. Yes. Right? But then what? <laughs> uh, lots of hypnotism. That's boilerplate, uh, <laughs> right? Little molestation. Yeah, to get well, comfortable. You know. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> she did tell me it was pretty like three times and i was like am i <laughs> um <laughs> transference yeah I, I had a therapist who was like a 50 50 mix of great and awful because uh-huh. i'm i'm a robot so i really like behavioral psychology okay most. yeah so like she would wouldn't tell me what to do but would help me with practicing meditation breath mm. exercises thought mm-hmm. exercises and i'm really into that stuff because i yeah. like things that you can like do and then you check it off and you right. make yourself better whether it works or not yeah um but then the other half of the time she would talk about either famous celebrities that she had treated what? which she's not supposed to do <gasps> or like her own time in hollywood because she used to be in hollywood oh wow and uh many times too many times <laughs> she's an older woman she would talk uh-huh. about how like you know, transference is very common. Like, if you're feeling attracted to me, you could just say so. What? It wasn't weird. That's so weird. That's <laughs> like, so weird. No, it's not. I have lots of issues. So that's yeah, not that, in the pile. That's yeah. not one of them. Uh, I try to think specifically. She was she was incredibly encouraging. She also pointed out she did look into my childhood and actually pointed out like very helpful things, um, like like being bullied when I was talking about it, um, I kept rationalizing why they would bully me. And then she was like, you always rationalize when people are 
do awful things, especially specifically to you. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I do do that. What were you bullied for, weirdo? <sighs> Fuck, I was weird. Uh, Just weird? Weird kid? That's I, all? I, lo- I had very crooked teeth. This tooth okay. stuck out like straight. Okay. This one. Um, I had a little bit of that. Yeah. Never bullied. Man, it's... I don't know if it's a gender thing, but it does feel like it's because it I was, was a boy. All my bullies were w- w- women, like the cool, popular girls. Well, uh, yeah, I don't. So. I, I know it has something to do with privilege, but I don't know the exact connections. Yeah. But in high school, I was morbidly obese with super crooked teeth and yeah. bad acne, and I was so fucking popular. I bet, but and you... everyone was so fucking nice to me uh-huh. that I didn't realize till college that I was fat. Like, wow. I had body dysmorphia the reverse way. Wow. Like, I could look in the mirror and not realize that I was overweight. Oh, my God. Because no one ever bullied me, ever, ever. Wow. Sorry. Oh, that's, <laughs> it's fine. I also think, I think I was just, like, a prime suspect because I also was so sensitive that, like, people can just, people can just tell that you, there's, like, no barrier between your, like, soul and the world and that like, I had. the few times someone was mean to me i cried immediately yeah and maybe they left me alone for that reason i don't know I, yeah <laughs> I, I i yeah i think i was just like prime fodder i looked weird i wasn't popular play um, by yourself played by myself okay. absolutely uh i didn't talk really in sixth grade um because again in fifth grade another best friend of mine had been like I want to be friends with other people, which is totally understandable. Um, but then I was just like alone. I was like, okay, well, uh, I get it. Cause I, I'm like, I'm weird. And a lot of people like don't like me. So like, I get it. Um, I'll just like go to class and I'll just try to smile Ooh. and like, wait, but were they saying they didn't want to see you at all ever anymore? Well, they, they stopped inviting me to stuff. <laughs> Multiple so. people can go to things. What a dick. I mean, yeah, but still, so, so like, when I was talking about it, I would be like, oh, I, I get it. Like, I understand. I can, I'm very empathetic. So I can put myself in like in those people's shoes and look at me from an outside perspective and yeah. be like, oh yeah, she's a weirdo. Like, don't invite her. Like, it, she would say weird stuff instead <laughs> of fun stuff. God kids. <laughs> well, they're so, not, I can't speak for all kids, but kids yeah. seem really into the hierarchy, the popularity yeah. hierarchy in an animalistic way before they develop Absolutely. self-identity where like, hopefully by the time you're an adult, at least some percentage of the time, you're like, I'm cool. Oh, if someone's mean to me, fuck them. They seem like an asshole. Right. But yeah. like when you're a kid, you're like still figuring out everyone's right. Like everyone's, everyone's an authority. Right. So yeah. you're like, oh, this kid who's only one year older, which means they're nine, which means they don't know shit, (laughs) says like, I'm weird. Uh Uh-oh, I better look into that. I must be weird. And I had so many parallel because I like to draw a lot. Mm -hmm. And my best, best friend, Griffin, who's been on the pit, uh, didn't like to draw. And a kid came to the school, transferred to school in sixth grade who liked to draw. And I had that. I was the aggressor. I was like, (gasps) I want to draw with Stephen Patch under the trellis instead oh. of playing navy seals with you in Romantic. the sandbox no <laughs> and every recess we drew instead and it was a big problem yeah and we I, weirdly brought this up earlier but since i quit drinking uh mm-hmm. my only real bout of depression was recently mm-hmm. and it did come from a grief event which uh-huh. is that that same best friend 25 years later griffin yeah. rowell Moved to L.A. Uh-huh. I've, he was in Oklahoma City for many years. Yeah. He moved to L.A. He got a job that he called his dream job that I expected him to stay here for a long time. His yeah. family's here. Uh-huh. Then he got an even better job in Montana. Oh, So no. he and his whole family are moving away, and he has oh. these two adorable kids I've gotten really attached to, too. Oh. And, like, that really gave me a rough couple weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird how... There's an index, and I'm not going to quote it because I'll misquote it, but that mm. you can look up where it's uh, the grief scale of events in your life. Mm. And I think there's, there's obviously, it's like uh, your significant other dying is way up there, your child dying. But I think losing contact with your best friend is way up, like above, oh my God. above like an aunt or uncle dying, which uh, it shouldn't be, but it is. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, coming from the girl who burst into tears when the doctor asked, what's your name? After <laughs> like, I... She used to ask me my name. <laughs> I used to have a name. And you guys were close. Yeah, she just didn't remember yeah. names. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, how did that... 
I, I'm, I keep dragging back to your childhood. I don't want to be one oh, of those therapists. No, no, no. But, uh, <laughs> it's, I do think it's tough to gauge because no one really knows. Some psychiatrist out there thinks I'm full of shit. But I truly mm-hmm. believe, like, certainly no one truly knows definitively what are all the formative properties of, like, a personality. Oh, no. It would be impossible to know. Right. Because yeah. people do, as you age, I agree that you change less, but people still change in crazy, mm-hmm. uncharacteristic ways for who knows what reason in certain right. moments. Yeah. Um, so who knows how much you should focus on the childhood. But I understand why like, it feels like there's something there. Mm-hmm. Childhood feels really important to us. I always wonder if that's just because it's the memories we've revisited the most. So if you mm, stack... So you go back to it so often, it becomes part of who you are in a way? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. memories are... I mean, they've kind of proven, I, I believe, this is my understanding, <laughs> that memories, the structure of your, the neurons that store your memories in the hippocampus actually change as you tell the story back to yourself. Mm. That's why, like, uh, I, I, Brian... Uh, who's that newscaster? who claimed he was in a Black Hawk helicopter that got shot down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian uh, Williams. Yes, yes. But he was wrong. Mm-hmm. And Malcolm Gladwell did a good episode on about how he could easily not have been wrong because he was in a Black Hawk helicopter in that convoy. Yeah. His didn't get shot down, but as soon as the incident happened, they landed and he interviewed 100 people about what the experience was like. Right. And he's in shock at that time and his own self. Yeah. So, like, your neurons... Like he could be honestly surprised. Oh, I didn't do that. Right. I really thought I it did. It could have been like. Dip, 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 dip. And your memory's flawed like that. And mm-hmm. so, childhood memories we tell ourselves are almost like our foundational legends of right. who we are. And who knows how accurate they are to the. To like your actual sensory right. per- like input you had that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I also wonder like. But half the time I think most of the stuff I do is just based on a simple of algorithm of like what I want in the moment. Mm. Does that make sense? I don't like not a surface. <laughs> like every desire just has another desire waiting behind it to fill the gap. Like you, you just have a as an animal, you just have a series of prioritized needs. Right. And I don't believe in free will, so I guess that's where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of do whatever the prioritized list says next. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that, and I think. Thoughts on all that. Go, right. Maggie. Go, go me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I think I think I agree with all that to like a degree for sure. Uh, and I also think that like you know the the benefit of like looking back to those memories and whatever is just to find out if there's a thing that you kept going back to that you believe is true about yourself that a therapist can be like I don't know if that's true or like I don't know if that's the best way for you to think about your life or like I don't know if that that's like the most healthy like lesson to learn from that like moment in your life that's such a great point because if like our memories are fables we tell ourselves you can actually learn more or at least equally useful information about what does this say about my processing process that i place that i told the story this way Mm -hmm. look for your patterns of how you remember yeah yeah i actually think that's why my therapist now is so great um just because yeah she's Like, I'll, you know, be talking about something and she'll be like, oh, like what you're saying is this, but what I'm hearing is like this, which is like a thing that obviously I'd never thought about. And as soon as she says it, I'm like, oh, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was with all my friends and, you know, they were spitting on my backpack and calling me loser and (laughs) farting on my face and stuff. And and we were just hanging out. So that was like what my friends were like. Yeah. Sounds like they were bullies. They were bullies. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my, oh God. my God. They oh. were. Oh, shit. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To a degree. I was telling her about this story. Um, In like sixth grade, I like went to a water park with who I thought were my three best friends. And then they ditched me yep. as I was going down a slide. And I was kind of telling it in the like oh, this is what friendship looked like at different age. And she was like, okay, tell me a time that you were like sad. And I was like, oh, so I was like with my best friends. And I was like, that was kind of sad. And she was like, wait, they ditched you? <laughs> what happened? I was like, oh, well, I went and I found my mom. Um, and then, oh, wait, I guess I did cry the whole way back. And I asked them why they ditched me. And I was like, oh, wait, that was like a really bad day. 
Like they didn't ditch you and be like, surprise, we were around the corner. No, they were like, they, let's get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they ditched me to hang out because they were <sighs> several degrees cooler than I was. And that's it's so <laughs> fucking artificial because yeah. it's because it doesn't have to be that way. I was in Montessori school till sixth grade and never oh, experienced bullying. Mm-hmm. And then went to middle school for only seventh grade. And the <gasps> bullying was so intense that mm-hmm. when we do a bullying episode, I'll have great stories oh. involving a stabbing. <gasps> what? And, uh, <laughs> oh my God. and a guy who sent emails under the name The Angel of Death <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> to cyber bully me. Uh, so I guess I did have bullies, but what was crazy it was so it was so brief mm-hmm. because then my mom specifically moved the family to a place because she heard the school district was good, and I went wow. back to having no like a school where there really weren't any bullies. Like wow. everyone at this, like the you know what I mean. The state like mm-hmm. the dumbest, jockiest, frattiest guy mm-hmm. was still a really nice guy. They're just somehow yeah. it was a very small mountain town, and no one was really yeah. a dick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was funny because I feel like. So I, I went to the same gr- from like junior kindergarten to high school. I had the same mm-hmm. 30 kids. Um, and by the time we got to high school, we all kind of like dropped our bullshit and we all be, like became like friends. Oh, that's so weird to me because yeah. I had the transition to have it be the same people. Would yeah. Be like, you have to reconfigure and be like, remember, we were all shitheads. Let's well, just not be. Yeah. <laughs> and so. I honestly also think that that kind of like skewed my worldview because in a way I was like, oh my God, everyone's redeemable. Oh my God. Mm. Like my bullies, they can become my best friends. Like from then to high school, you know, all people are good. Like these are things that just, I had like confirmed for me in a tiny little like Petri dish of like 30 kids that I just like believed about the world, which set me up for so much like I have that. Yeah, pain I, get, and, I get you. Yeah. Uh, the PSA for that that I think is important is yeah. it is a loving act of empathy to believe that everyone's redeemable. Yeah. And, and I kind of think you should still believe that. I believe that it's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. You have a right to protect yourself and your own emotional identity. Though. Right. And that's for a lot of people who... Uh, I think got depression in childhood often a factor is uh, you think to be a nice kid or a nice person is which we we're being taught. Kind. We're taught. I love yeah. like I worship Jesus non-literally yeah. as like, but the coolest person is the person who could turn the other cheek. Like right. I would write, I, oh, that was the, like that, like martyrdom was like, oh, you gave up everything for other people. That's so beautiful. That got to me too. Somehow yeah. I thought way cooler than any action hero was the action heroes. Like, and I wrote stupid short stories and poems about a guy who like went to the war and refused to fight and they just uh, shot him and he died in the field, but he was like, I won't kill anyone. Yeah. Like that stupid Mel Gibson Hacksaw <laughs> Ridge movie. <laughs> But I'm like, that captured my imagination so much. Yeah. Um, And it's not bullshit yet. Mm-hmm. It took therapy for me to realize you have every right to protect yourself, protect your emotional yeah. self. Like, yeah, you can believe with full charitable heart that like, right. oh, I hope that bully who fucked me around, like, I hope hey. they... Grow and learn. Grow and learn. And yeah. But you don't have to sit there and take it. You can leave the situation or like take steps to put up boundaries. I honestly, I think that's the other reason I do really love my therapist because like till, till this year, I had no concept of protecting myself, like watching out for myself, like even protecting me from like people who would be bad for me. I just like had... And especially friends, which is really weird. I've Mm. never had a problem with anyone I've ever dated uh, because the world tells us, oh, you should vet the people you date. Sure. Like you should vet them. You (laughs) should study them like under a microscope to be like, all right, who are you really? (laughs) But with friends, I never had that attitude and I never realized that I should like, you know, just be no get to know someone before you yeah. immediately like bring them into like your inner circle or even you know. as people vetted you and kicked you out of yes, their friendship. Yes, they you yes. didn't realize I could do that. Yeah, I yeah. had no like not you can't even a, friend dump me. I friend quit. <laughs> I friend quit. You can't do that. I quit. Uh, yeah, I had no concept in my brain like at all that that was even a thing that other people did or that I should do or like 
Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you just think if a relationship isn't working, like, oh, what could I change in myself yeah. to accommodate them? Yeah, right? like, yeah. what's, yeah. Which, again, is weird because, like, again, with romantic partners, I'd always be like, oh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> like, oh, to that good. curb. Interesting. Yeah. I couldn't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for some reason, yeah, like, friendship, I just never applied the same, like, mechanics to that. In a weird until way. until like this year like you, okay yeah. good but yeah. okay good well so, that's fairly recent very, yeah very recent but congratulations thank you that's wonderful yeah therapy's great and and inspiring uh inspiration, inspiration. for all the listeners yeah no i no, i think we we've hit on a lot of practical advice honestly mm-hmm. um the therapist i'm with now has me do one of my favorite exercises i've ever done in therapy mm-hmm. which is a spreadsheet where during times of notable times throughout mm-hmm. the week, like a time you experienced crisis or heightened emotion, it could be happy, any yeah. heightened experience, you log like just the emotional feeling that swept over your body, oh. then what thoughts you had in your brain, and then what you did as a result. Oh. And that's been very illuminating. I like that a lot. Pattern-wise, yeah. I also, I recently learned how to talk myself down from a panic attack. <laughs> See, I just went to a medical doctor for treatment for panic attacks because as my depression has ebbed, I realized I have a real issue with anxiety. Meat, that's also a recent (laughs) thing. Yeah. 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 And they were probably co-happening at the same time, but the depression masked the anxiety. Mm -hmm. Now that I've been not depressed for a long time, I realize I'm way too tightly wound. Yeah. And I went and asked for medication and she's super holistic. (laughs) Which in theory is something I always am like, that's what we should do. We cram pills down. But now, because I'm anxious, I'm like, just give me the fucking pills, dude. Just give me the pills, man. I had Ativan when I was 12. Give me some fucking Ativan. And she has me on Valerian root Mm. and coached me on how to breathe my way through a panic attack. And I'm like, breathe through it. Breathe through it. I need drugs. My soul's crushing like this way. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to go back and demand the drugs a second time and we'll see how it goes. I feel like if you if you can't easily talk yourself down, go fucking get those drugs. I can't talk myself down. She gave me a bunch of advice. I bought Mm -hmm. a triangular pillow. I'm supposed to lie in the room with a cover over my head, breathing into a paper bag on the triangular pillow and Mm. drink valerian root and take melatonin every night. And I have no doubt that all these things contribute minorly right. to combating general anxiety. But when yeah. I'm having like a panic attack where I think my yeah. heart is going to explode. It's not helping. Yeah. The valerian root and the triangular pillow is not cutting no. it. Ugh. Oh, man. Well, we're about out of time. Yeah. Is there anything pressing that I interrupted too much for you to bring up? Because I know I do oh. that. No, I don't think so. I guess... Yeah, just like it is super hard to tell the difference between like just your depression that you've been living with mm-hmm. and like like life events that will like knock the wind out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there there is a difference and one informs the other. Uh, and at least for me, medication helps all of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And therapy, therapy specifically helps me with like grief and life events um but from what i learned in therapy i usually can't apply to like any sort of just like depression phase so Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like yeah because soren mentioned uh, having grief but never feeling depressed so it's clearly differentiable yeah there there is like like someone close to him could die Mm -hmm. and he would cry and still all his brain would say is you're sad because this person died, and one day you won't be sad about it anymore, and life will return to normal. Oh my God, my I brain can't. doesn't think I, that. You even it thinks just this person that. died, the world is over. This yeah. person died, the world is over. You'll never be the same. You'll never yeah. get them back. What is death? Why are we living? <laughs> like, why bother? You're gonna die someday, yeah. fairly soon, relatively yeah. speaking. May as well be today. Welcome to Tales from Woo-hoo. the Pit. Now, um, but I think the most important thing we've learned from Maggie today is vet your friends, vet your therapist. Yes. You it's deserve okay. it. You deserve it. It's okay. If you don't get along with someone, it's not on you. And but it's don't just enough. ditch them at the water park. No, yeah, just don't ditch them at the water park. If you don't like someone, have an adult conversation about why you would like to step away from the friendship. That'd there be you great. Go. Yeah. 
Oh, really? I just slowly <laughs> engage less and less and less until. Or or do that. That's I'm also so okay. I feel like the conversation would hurt, too. I try to even like ease yeah. friends out of my life. The, the first person that my that I talked with my therapist when she was she was kind of like she kind of drills me, which mm-hmm. is also a great thing. She was like, OK, who's someone that has is not good in your life? Let's vet them now. Like, I'll show you how to vet someone. And I pick someone. And then by the end, we concluded, yeah, I, she shouldn't really be in my life. So, yeah, I kind of just like <laughs> baby. But there wasn't a big away. conversation. Yeah, no. a big confrontation. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, uh-huh. I, do, I don't want to because I saw on Twitter you said Mike let the cat out of the bag and I felt bad. Oh, no, 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 no. If I jumped the gun too early. You did not. Do you want to explain a bit about what the new show is going to be? Yes. Please yeah. do. Especially since I, I, you know, I did, I guess, talk about a lot about friendship. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's going to be a new podcast called My Top 8. Um, we've already uh, done a couple episodes. It's great. It's uh, basically we talk about um, friendship and it gets pretty, you know, it gets pretty deep. Mm -hmm. I I would Mm -hmm. compare it to uh, Tales from the Pit in a, in a way. Um, Yeah. Just talking about like, what does friendship like mean? That's such a nebulous word. Like uh, exploring that, like people in your life, like Mm -hmm. what, do they do for you? What do you do for other people? Are you a good friend? Like, what does that look like? Uh, letting go of friends, um, being dumped by friends. Uh, <laughs> because yeah, like you said, it is one of the most like traumatic things that can happen in your life. Um, it's pretty common. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I've had some great conversations about Excellent. that. Yeah. Well, we all can't wait to hear it. My top eight coming yeah. to soon to the small beans feed. Mm-hmm. Where else can people find you online? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, and YouTube. Uh, I've been doing these very fun like film analysis videos. Um, yeah, come hang a out lot of gaming me. stuff. You're on Patreon, I know that. Yes, yeah, Patreon. Want to have you on One Upsmanship, but you play very specific. I know. Games I feel like every week Adam's played. like, "What about this game?" I'm like, "You're like Animal Crossing." I play <laughs> this like, game. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Crossing is a phenomenon that deserves to be covered, so maybe yeah. we'll just bite the bullet and do it. I mean, I'm not much for Harvest Moon or Animal Crossing or any of those. Those are mine. All right. Ew, All right. Yeah. Topic for a different pit. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Maggie. It's oh, been great thank having you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See everyone next time.